that the world says that there's, you know, like, I can't say that I'm blonde and then be like, doot, 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 but I say I can use whatever I want to. Like, so when somebody says, well, you're a guy, you can't be blonde. I just say, well, you're sexist, because I can. And uh, I can and I do. So if you're new here, you will learn quickly that I believe in the Bible. Every single word in the Bible, as it is written from the Bible. So like back to the blonde thing, like I'm just not smart enough to like be one of those people who, who thinks they know better than what the word says. When I struggle or stumble, and I would encourage people to maybe develop this same philosophy, but if I struggle and stumble with something and I can't quite comprehend what it is, it's not the word of God that has the problem, it's me. Yeah? And so I just need to tear into it a little bit deeper, pray to God for revelation. Because in my brain, in my, in my simple thinking, how is it that Jesus said the bread is his body? How does that happen? See, because I think with a finite brain, and God is infinite, I think in the natural, and God is supernatural. And so you can see right there, just from that little thing, that we got some, we're going to have some differences where I'm going to go like, whoa, whoa, all right, God, hey, slow your roll there. Like, I don't get this. Like, this is trippy to me. And God's like, Fred, I, I understand what you're saying, but just chill, chill. Relax, relax, Fred, I got you. And we're gonna talk about it. So there's something that happens in the supernatural or through the supernatural into the natural. So when Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed, he had he bread, he had bread. So just think about, think about Jesus and what's happening. How many of you guys, how many of you guys have ever been called to a meeting or somebody says, we need to talk? And you don't know what it's about, and you've played every terrible scenario along the way, and you're like walking into this thing like you're ready to fight, just ready to throw down like, I don't care what, come on, right? Like just ready to go to gloves with somebody. But here's Jesus, and he, he's walking into a room that he told them to prepare for the Passover feast. They would celebrate the Passover feast. Knowing that he's the lamb that's going to be sacrificed so that we could have life. Like, for one, if you're telling me that you're going to kill me tomorrow, like, I ain't all about, like, hey, man, you want to come over and have dinner? Uh, no. I'm going the other way. Right? Like, you're going to do what to me? And I, you want me to, like, nah, this ain't happening. So, so the whole thing is supernatural. The whole thing is greater than my brain can comprehend. So I have to receive something better than what my mind can understand. And that's when I start to receive and understand God in my spirit. Like I'm a spirit being walking in a body with a soul. And I just I struggle with it. Like for real. Can we be real about that? That's difficult. Like who's going to do that? Who's going to do that until you understand the call of the Father? Hebrews 12.2 says, let's, uh, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him. 
So can you imagine something greater than this earth and everything that's in this world that would make Jesus say, yeah, okay, Dad, I'll, I'll go to the grave. I'll go to the cross for all these people, for all their sins, so that when you look upon them, Father, you see them as spotless. You see them as blameless. And so you'll hear words like propitiation, which just means that he is the surrender for our sins. He took the place of our sins. And the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. He broke it, he blessed it, he gave thanks and said, take and eat, this is my body. This is my body. He didn't say this represents, he said, this is my body. Take and eat. And after supper, he took the cup, he blessed it, he gave thanks and said, this is my blood given for you, the blood of the new covenant, something new's coming. This is my blood. Take and drink. And so as we partake in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, something, something needs to happen in our hearts and in our minds. So hopefully we can come to a greater understanding of just how incredible his love is for us. Amen. Can you imagine to love so deeply... Right? Like how many of you guys get mad at your significant other or other people, right? Like you right? Like you just like, whoo, one more word out your mouth and we are going to blow sunshine. Just one more. And that's over something stupid, like who moved my deodorant, right? You totally didn't put my deodorant back. Who didn't put the toilet paper roll back on the toilet paper roller thing? And then you flip it upside down. Am I living with a bunch of heretics here? Y'all idiots. Right? You're ready to blow the whole family up over a toilet paper roll. The original diagram from the creation shows it over. That is a fact. However, I'm just happy when it's there. Because if you've ever had kids... You know full well that that roll ain't always going to be there. It's not a promise. It's not a guarantee. And guess when you find out? Oh, yeah, right after it's too late. You're doing the, you're doing the little walk over to the... Right? Like, this is embarrassing. I hope nobody sees. But, but Jesus, Jesus loves us. And he went to the cross for us. He died on a cross for us so that we might be saved. So that we could see the beauty and the glory of the Father in each and every one of us. You see, we have to, we have to get to that point where, where we understand the very presence of God, the very essence of who God is and who he created us to be. You see, we're not living as though we are spirit beings. We are living as though we are simply flesh. And it's got us backwards and twisted and upside down. And, and we talked about last night, like this whole thing about being better than anyone. 
But what happens when we genuinely look to one another as though they are valuable? You see, something, something changes when we take the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not just communion. It's called a sacrament for a reason. There's something so beautiful in it that has to change us, right? Like we just partook in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. So maybe, just maybe, if we think about what God is saying in his word, maybe, just maybe, we can get to a point where we go like, maybe there's something more. Maybe there's something more, and I'm just settling for this. You see, but it starts in my, in my heart, it starts with believing that. It starts with believing Jesus Christ. And then it goes to this giving thanks. And so we do a thing called the doxology here. And I took it off, off the screen already. But uh, what's going on with the... Huh. wonder what's going on with those. But um, it's, it's interesting to say the least that we have uh, kind of relegated the word of God to mean not much of anything in our lives. How is it that the greatest gift of all time has become something that's bad? Like, don't say God at work. Don't say Jesus in the market. How is it that that's happened in this world? How is it that that has happened at all for any of us? Like, it just doesn't make sense that this would happen. So maybe you guys will get signal, maybe you won't. So I want to sing what's called the doxology. So if you, if you look in your seat backs, there should be, oh, and it's on your bulletins. Oh, and they just got, stayed there. So they're in your bulletins. All right. So as a Lutheran pastor, I was ordained a Lutheran pastor. I started out in an ELCA church in Lodi. First Lutheran up on the hill. But I realized for me that there were differences between what the word taught and what was taught as a, as a doctrinal value system from the church. So then I walked away kicking and screaming and saying that church sucks, it's stupid, blah, 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 right? And I had all the scripture I needed to say that they're no good. But what God's been working on me is that Fred... You threw away an entire denomination because you're stiff-necked and you don't really like some of the stuff. But how many of you ever heard throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Yeah, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You've heard that? And God is showing me that there's things that are beautiful in all of it, right? Like, what's wrong with singing the doxology where we give thanks to God? Is anything wrong with saying thank you, God? No. So we're bringing it back, right? We're going to do that. So you guys can stay seated. You can stand up. You can do it however you'd like to. But I'll lead, and you guys sing with me, all right? So praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. 
Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. That just feels good. Man, I just really... Yeah, yeah. Am I the only one in the room that's ever done that? Like, you're so dag-burned sure of something, you, like, you just throw it out. You're just like, I'm solid on that. I'm firm on that, only to find out later you were wrong. <laughs> like, what is it with us that does that? Like, it's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy to me to think that I could be so dead set on something to find out that I'm just wrong, R-O-N-G, wrong, right? R-O-N-G, wrong. So I'm just D-U-N done trying, maybe. <laughs> I love it. D-U-N done like the sun, right? Why not? Who said? So, so I think we're going into a series that, that um, God is, is talking about his presence. He's talking about his presence because if I'm basking in his presence, if I'm relying solely on the Father to lead and guide me, then how many times in my week am I going to be so dead set on something only to find out that I'm wrong how many times am I going to be judging somebody unfairly and not lovingly walk with them? How many times am I going to do that? Like, I, I, believe, I believe that there's something to the presence of God, yeah? There has to be something to it that's greater than what I'm doing. There has to be something greater to this world than the way that I'm walking it out because why would I find myself so unsatisfied when I read the scriptures that talks about count it all joy and all these things and every perfect gift comes from God and all this stuff, right? Like it, it could easily be discerned to be a bunch of gibberish, a bunch of mumbo jumbo that makes no dagburn sense at all. Like what's the point? It's clearly wrong or I am. I think we've already established that Probably me, yeah? So can we, t can we take that? Can we start at that place? As I was telling Brittany, before we start Brittany, right? <clears throat> I remembered. <laughs> but, like, we're called torn for a reason, and it's tough to walk in the world, and it's tough to walk with God and to do it simultaneously because the world has all these bright, beautiful, shiny things that just attract me, you know? Like, there's certain animals that just really like shiny stuff, like raccoons. They just go for shiny stuff. They like balloons. They just go after it. Like, you ever watch a raccoon in a room full of balloons? It is the funniest. We had a, we had a pet raccoon named Chucky. And for some reason, my brother went to a party, and he had like four bags of balloons, and he dumped them all in our dining room. And Chucky just went, and he just attack him, and he's ripping at him and biting him until every balloon was nothing. It was just all scrap on the floor. It was, it was hilarious. And I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> but no, we chase stuff in this world that just is so, what's the actual value in it? 
Once you get it, what satisfaction does it fill in your heart? Right? Like, it's, it's cool to get a new car. It smells great for a month. And then it starts to not smell so great. Right? You're like, where's, where's, that, where's that new car smell? Oh, man, i got to replace the tires on this thing. Oh, I need an oil change. Oh, right? I got a scratch on it. Oh, it's like all these things. So, so it's not a lasting, it's not a lasting thing. But yet I'm willing to trade so much of who I am to attain these nice, bright, shiny things. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with, with these things per se, but if I put them ahead of my relationship with God, then I'm backwards, flipped upside down, and I'm headed for destruction. Amen? Because I have to find myself in the presence of God on a continuous basis. He has to be front and center in everything that I do. And some of us aren't quite there yet, and we're going to keep stumbling, we're going to keep kicking rocks with our bare feet. You ever do that? Big! Oh! Right? Middle of the night camping trip. There's that one root that sticks out from the tree that you forgot about. Yeah. I think we've all been there. But you know, if if I know where I'm going, then I can then I can figure out how to get there. And so if if my goal, my my what I'm aiming for is to be in a greater relationship with God, if I've come to the point in my life where I understand that there has to be something greater than this, and I realize that it is God, then I can aim for God and I can do what it takes to get there. And I'm going to stumble through it and I'm going to need everybody's help to get there. Right? We're, we're together. But one of the greatest things we can do is get to this point where we recognize that we need to be in the presence of God. We need to be in that place where it changes everything. So when I look, when I look, and I remember this a couple years ago, I looked up to the clouds and they say every, every cloud has a silver lining. I'm like, I never understood that. So here I'm like 50 years old. Looking up at the clouds going, whoa, wow, wow, look at that. There's a silver lining around that cloud. You can see this lining around the storm clouds. And it's this, just this beautiful thing that now changes the way that I look at storms because I can see not just the gray, right? How many of us get bummed out and dragged down over cloudy days and stuff? And you, So you're looking at the clouds and you're not seeing the light shining through them. You're not understanding the actual value of what's happening. What happens in the spring when all the spring rains come and it's raining for like two weeks? You're just like, man, this rain sucks. But then you look outside after it and flowers are coming up. Green of the grass is starting to come. The salt and the sand are washed away off of the roads magically. How does that happen? You see, we have, we have a creator who is a lot smarter than we are, amen? Amen. And in all of it, he uses it for his glory. He uses it for his good if we'll look at what he's actually doing in it, which means that there has to be something in him that not necessarily is always in me. 
But the promise is that he is always with us. He is omnipresent, which means God is always with us. Right? He's always with us. He's everywhere. You can't outrun him. And so there's a beautiful thing when we start to understand that if, if I'm struggling in my relationships in this world, that maybe perhaps I'm struggling my relationship with the Father and that there's something better, something greater than the way that I'm doing things, amen? Right, and that, that to me, it, like it starts with this understanding the presence of God, the, the fullness of God, that if God says that he wants to be with me, then he will be with me, right? Because you don't tell somebody, oh, I, I want to be with you, and then not be with them, unless they're a long ways away, right? With everything that you have, I want to be with you, so you make that happen, right? We, we go to our friends' houses, we go whatever, Wherever we're going to go, we, we can do that. And God is right here with us. So if we say, God, I want to be with you while I'm flipping through the TV, watching, watching all this garbage on my television, am I making a choice? Am I making a choice to be with God or am I making a choice to be with whatever TV show I'm watching? Right, like, I like garbage TV like uh, Yellowstone? Garbage. Oh, it's absolute garbage. And it is so awesome. I just love it. I, I, abs I absolutely love it. But the foul mouth on those boys, like, it's like, come on. Like, really? Like, I get it. Uh, what's the other one? 1923? Have you been watching that one too? And 18 what? 1883 or something? The one before that, when they're coming across the country, that was like, yeah, and an old girl gets shot in the gut with an arrow and the whole, you know. But am I spending my time with God or am I spending my time with the world? So if I want to be with God at that level, at that measure, if I'm in my heart, in that place where I want to be with God, is it possible for me to be with God? Or am I just talking? Right? Like, we're called torn for a reason because it's real. The, our walk between the world and our walk with God, we are torn. There's this constant tension, this constant battle in our hearts and in our heads about where we are and what we're doing. Right? Is there anything inherently bad with some of these TV shows? Well, probably not. But you're making a choice. Do we understand where we are and what we want and how what we're doing is counter or going along with what we say we want. I want a greater relationship with God. Well, what are you doing to do that? Well, nothing. Well, then how do you expect that to happen? I don't know. Pastor, 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 you know, all these things are going on and I, I really love God and I want all this stuff, but I just can't seem to get there. Well, what are you doing? Well, nothing. Well, how do you expect to get there? I don't know. That's why I came to you. Well, didn't you hear me in church Sunday? Well, yeah. What I say? I don't remember. Well, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we could be real here. This is, this is the point of torn. Like, we are torn. Let's just stop all the garbage. Let's just stop it all. We're a work in progress. I call us whips. And my prayer is that we're not socks. Do you know what a socks is? 
Sunday only Christians. Right? Like, I'm going to go to church on Sunday and magically, mysteriously, the great words of the Almighty Pastor will transcend me to a greater place. And wham, there I am. And my whole world is peaches and creams and cute little duckies that are full quack, quack, quack. You know, the cute little yellow things with the little fuzzy bums? Those ones, like the really cute ones. And all of a sudden, I, and I look up and no more gray clouds. I see the Skittles rainbow. And it's not just dropping them everywhere because that would be wasteful. They're dropping them into a cup that never empties, just perfectly in my hand, and I can eat them and I don't get fat. I can just eat Skittles all day long. I don't ever get a bad taste in my mouth and just keep going because pastor's so good. Oh my gosh, let's all hail the pastor. Praise Jesus for pastor. That might be true on some, on some level, but if you think that the pastor is all that in a bag of chips, you miss the point. He redirected your attention from God to himself, and he led you backwards and upside down, amen? Because it ain't me, it's him. He uses me as a mouthpiece, but as the mouthpiece, hopefully it helps you to understand that we're seeking the presence of God, that that's what we need to do. We need to go from self to the presence of God. So what's it say? You tend to find exactly what you're looking for. What are you looking for? Yeah? <laughs> that's, that's the truth right there. Right? Like, you tend to get what you're going after. <laughs> and then you're all bummed out because you got there. It's, oh, snap. Yep, truth. <laughs> and it, it sucks some days. It's like, wow, I got exactly what I was asking for. I did that. Getting pulled over by the cop for speeding, you say, stupid cop. No, stupid you. How do you get to blame the cop? You're the idiot doing this over the speed limit. Like, it's time that, it's time that we like, act like we're grown up. And take our walk with Jesus for real. At some point in time, there's going to have to be a flip that, that gets switched or, or a real stat that gets turned. And so the light of Christ just keeps shining a bit brighter in our lives. Right? It's really easy to turn it all the way down or almost off. But, but what happens when we turn it to the right and the, and the lights start getting brighter and we start seeing that there's something more to this thing called life than what we what we are aiming for, right? We're going to hear some stories today from the Bible that are, are hopefully going to help you to see that some of these folks in the Bible actually chased God and they chased him big time and we all need to get to that place. If that is your goal, if that is your goal is to walk with the Lord, to have a life that looks different than the one you're leading, it's dependent upon your walk with the Lord. Amen? So, Father, we love you and we thank you, Papa. We thank you for today. We thank you, Father God, that you are awesome and that you have a word for us. So I just pray for your presence in our hearts. I pray for your word across this message, Lord, that it would, that it would hit home for some of us. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name.
So run to, in Jeremiah 5, 1 and 2, run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. Look and take note. Search your squares to see if you can find a man, one who does justice and seeks truth, that I may pardon her. Though they say, as the Lord lives, yet they swear falsely. What is one thing that we hear about the church as a whole? What do people say about Christians? Hypocrites. Hypocrites. Amen. Anybody ever hear that? I don't want to be one of those Christians. They're a bunch of hypocrites, yeah? What's he saying here? Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. Look and take note. Search your squares to see if you can find a man. You have to search to find somebody who is righteous, who's walking with God. And if so, that I may pardon her, the entire city. That I may pardon the city if I can find one who is walking in the righteousness of God. One in the holy city. Though they say, as the Lord lives, swearing by God... Yet they swear falsely. 5.3, O Lord, do not your eyes look for truth. You have struck them down, but they felt no anguish. You have consumed them, but they refuse to take correction. They have made their faces harder than rock. They have refused to repent. Then I said, these are only the poor. They have no sense, for they do not know the way of the Lord, the justice of their God. I will go to the great and will speak to them, for they know the way of the Lord the justice of their God, but they all alike had broken the yoke. Beloved, we try and say oftentimes who's the greatest. We talked about it last night with Peter and the boys right after Luke 22 where he's talking about the Lord's Supper and how their argument, their dispute was who's the best. And so we might not say, well, I'm better than you, but certainly the way that we look upon our brothers and sisters can oftentimes be based on dental work, yeah? Cosmetology, How's their makeup? What are they wearing for clothes? What's this? What's that? Well, what do I know about this person or that person? And so why does the church say we're a bunch of hypocrites? Because we oftentimes act as though we are a bunch of hypocrites. We're not looking with the love of God. And so certainly, maybe in the church you could go to the greatest, the best ones. What makes the best churchgoer? Who here writes the biggest check and puts it in the box? Is that the one? Are you the best? What, what metrics are we using to find the best in the church? But yet here he says, but they all alike had broken the yoke. None of them, whether they be rich or poor, are walking any better with the Lord. And so this person can't find the one walking in the true righteousness of God, walking in the presence of the Father. So it's not a problem of today. It's been a problem for a long time. And what changes have we made? 
You see, but it's got to start somewhere, doesn't it? We have to get to a point where we can understand that the Bible, the Word of God is calling us to do something different, to walk according to the Word and stop being hypocrites. But we're not going to do it if I'm always putting on false wares and trying to protect my image, like who I am. Nobody else is ever going to know, and so I'm stuck inside this, this little hole looking out the glass, almost like one of those old deep-sea divers with the big old helmet, and they got the little thing. Nothing in, nothing out, right, except their umbilical cord to give them air, and they can see out of their little things. But you're not going to fix what you're unwilling to recognize as broken. Amen? And so if we can walk and understand, walk with one another and understand that we need one another to help one another out, to, to pick and lift one another up in the righteousness of Christ, which means the right standing, that means that when God looks and he sees, as was trying to be found here, one who walks the way that God does. You see, but we get all emotional now in the church and, and throughout society, we allow emotions to guide us, to lead us instead of Christ. And your emotions are going to tell you lies, right? All of a sudden, I'm going to protect myself. And when you come at me and you try and tell me what I'm doing wrong, my emotions get all up, my hackles go up, and now I got the right to attack you. But what good's it doing, beloved? What good is it doing? Because some of us sit at home and cry at night because we're alone. Some of us sit at home and cry. Some of us drive down the road and we cry to ourselves, whether physical tears are dripping down our cheeks or whether it's just inside. And we are dying inside because we're alone. Because if I tell you what's going on in my world, then you're never going to accept who I am. And now you've got a right to deem me less than. But if I look into your closet, sunshine, what am I going to find? So why are you looking at me and tripping all up on my business when you got your own? You see, so then that puts us right back to doing it by ourselves. And if we don't get to the point where we understand that we are the beloved of the God who created this earth, then what are we doing? We are all created perfectly and wonderfully in the image of the Father. And so we're supposed to have differences. We're supposed to be different. Many different parts, one heart. The same spirit that dwells in me dwells in Jesus Christ. Amen? But the rest of it's all different. The rest of it's all different. Exodus 33, 15. And this is, this is the part that has grabbed my heart since I read it on Thursday morning doing my devotions. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. There's something in the presence of God that when we carry the presence of God, when we walk in that righteousness, when we walk in the true beauty of the Creator, there's something different because no longer are we looking down our nose, but we're looking up our nose. 
Because our posture should be one who serves and not just to be served. Right? And so it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter your walk of life. It matters your walk with Christ and how that changes how you're walking out your days. I can't keep telling everybody that they're worthless and, hey, come to my church. Hey, stupid, you are all jacked up. Come to my church and get fixed. Come and, come and know my God, you moron. What good does that do? Is that the truth or are we just perpetuating the same pain that dwells inside of us? Do we have the audacity and the strength inside of us through Christ, through the Holy Spirit to actually learn how to get rid of all the garbage that taints everything that comes out of our mouth, that taints the way that we walk so that we could walk in truth and love? And actually hold people up. Do we value our walk with God enough to say that I don't care where you're from or what you've done. I want you to go to heaven with me. I want to see you on the streets of gold. I want to dance with you to a song as the angels sing out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. But we get things jacked up. You see, we need to walk in that presence of God. Moses was not willing to go God is calling the Israelites to move into the holy or into the holy land. And he's like, God said, look, you guys are all a bunch of stiff-necked people. And if I go with you, I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to kill you. I'm taking you down. I can't be with you. You are so stiff-necked. Like, gosh. Any parents ever do that with your kids? Like, <laughs> No. get in your room and I don't even want to see you for a week anybody get like that with your spouse <laughs> get in your room and I don't want to see you for a week go out in the garage I don't care yeah. whatever it is but here's God and so when you get to the bottom of your anger, you'll find that there's, there's hurt, there's scar tissue, there's things, there's things that are actually bubbling up that are creating a different emotion. Like, like you just hurt me really bad. And we don't get to the point in our conversations where we can say that because for me, hurting somebody is the worst thing that I could ever do. Like, I don't want to hurt them. And when I find out that I hurt them, Man, I just like, my hackles go up and I'm just like on defense. Like, oh, you're such a baby. Like, quit your crying. Yeah? When somebody says, that hurt. What a sissy. My gosh. You're going to let that bother you? Truth is that I'm bothered by you telling me that I'm bothering you. Or that I hurt you. So somewhere in this whole mix of things, i got to learn to practice the presence of God because it's in the presence of God that I can accept that I'm not perfect because he is. That I can accept that God is working on my heart and creating a new me. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. That every step that I take and every word that comes out of my mouth, I don't want to say it, I don't want to do it without God. Because it's God who gives me the strength to receive the correction from my brothers and sisters. It's God who gives me the strength to accept that I'm not perfect. 
It's God who gives me the strength and the courage to say that, you know what, no matter what this world throws at me, no matter how I'm seeing things and doing things, that, that I can actually accept and be changed, to be transformed into a new creation in Christ Jesus. But if I don't have the presence of God, then what do I have? I just have my defenses. I'm, I'm sticking up for it because I'm here because I fought and I fought and I fought to even be alive. You see, because I spent most of my life trying to kill me. And a lot of us are like that. A lot of us share the struggles and the pains of this world, and we think that we're all alone because nobody else is loving us the way that we can be loved. But the truth is that we can't even be loved by people who want to love us. Right? Like we're so prickly and so standoffish, it's like back off. But when we get to that place and we understand that our relationship with God is something greater than we could ever think, ask, or dream, or pray for, that we are made perfectly and wonderfully in his image, that it's okay, it's okay to learn how to talk with one another, it's okay to share our pains and our struggles with one another, but that strength and that courage comes only from having the presence of God. Like, I don't want to go out there, I don't know what's out there. But God is calling me to it. I'm not going to go to it if I don't know. But God says, you're my beloved. And I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm always going to be right here. Walk with me. Right? Like practice that presence because it's in that presence that I recognize my strength and my power comes from him. So I don't have to worry about whether I'm good enough, but I get to walk knowing that he's good enough. Amen? He's the one who gives me the strength. He's the one that gives me the courage. He's the one that changes everything. He goes with me in my comings and my goings. He has to. But I get to get to that point where I'm willing to let him in. Moses wasn't willing to go into the promised land. He's like, I ain't dragging these people into this promised land if you ain't going. Because the only thing different between us and them is you. The only thing that sets us apart is you. But the church has done a terrible job of being set apart. You see, we get out into the world and this is where that struggle comes back in and we're just, you know, we're rolling out just like old boy down the street, you know, got that West Coast pimpling. Well, what's up? How you be? Right? Everybody talks, yeah, what up? You know? how we are but the love of God the love of God changes us if we'll allow him into our hearts for real he can change us the fights that we have with our kids the fights that we have with our spouses the fights that we have with our friends can all look different when we become humble and hungry for more of God amen well, we're going to keep going with this next week because there's a, there's a lot more. It's just a, a lot more, and I want to respect your time. But uh, I want you guys to know that God is proud of you, and he loves you, and I can say that with the utmost confidence, that he absolutely loves you. He loves you so incredibly much. 
you do not have the ability in your natural bodies to understand how much love God has for you. Like think about that deep, that deep recess in your heart, that one that yearns for more love, that yearns for more, like, gosh, I wish I could just love. If, if they weren't so stupid, I could love just incredibly, like exponentially more. You know that love that I'm talking about, that one that nobody else has ever seen? That one that's so deep inside your heart? God loves you more than that. And this is a promise. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that he loves you. This is awesome timing, guys. So I want to thank you guys for taking time to come and and celebrate the Lord with us today. Because he is worthy to be praised and celebrated. Amen. So let me pray and uh, we're going to pick up on part two next week. Whatever that looks like. Yeah? All right. So we will, I'll pray, and then we'll get this thing to stick. That's very, very important. Don't you just love these guys? They're just so incredible. So, Father God, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for your word, Lord God, that it carries with it the power and the strength to be transformed and renewed. So, Father God, I pray a special blessing over everyone here, everyone who's worshiping with us on Facebook today or or YouTube, Lord God, that you just pour out your power, your love, and your grace. Give us the strength and the courage to walk with you fully. Help us to practice your presence in everything, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' holy and mighty name we pray. Amen.